0: Well, I'm excited for today's episode. If you've done any sort of media outreach in the personal finance space in probably the last 10 years, I want to say, maybe more, then there's a good chance you've probably pitched Katie Hill. She's the commerce editor of MarketWatch right now, but her editing and writing has appeared in big publications like Forbes, Real Simple, and Barron's, and that's just to name a few. She's also been on TV shows like The Today Show, Fox and Friends, and CBS This Morning. Without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Katie Hill. Hi, Katie. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, we're happy to have you. And of course, a woman who needs no introduction, our (laughs) lovely co-host, Britt Klotz.
1: Hi, Katie. Thank you so much, Jackie.
0: Of course. Uh, So before this episode, uh, or before this interview, I should say, you passed along an article that you edited and probably received a PR pitch for, I assume. Oh, you definitely did, because you forwarded the pitch, too, which is really beautiful. I love it when uh, guests do that. It's always fun to analyze actual pitches. Uh, But yeah, you shared a story with us. Do you mind just giving a quick overview of what the story was about
2: and then how that idea came to be? Sure. So the story, um, the headline was, The Single Best Month to Buy a House, According to an Analysis of 33 Million Home Sales Over Eight Years. And it was really just looking at... um, when to buy a house. And it was interesting because the original pitch, um, and I will look up this headline for you, but I think the original pitch said the top five best days to sell a home. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Um, and one thing, and so they pitched it, they pitched a whole bunch of data in that um, in their pitch. And one thing, I, this is, by the way, this is Adam um, Data Solutions, and it's Christine Stickler is the PR woman. But one thing I love about working with them is that They'll give you a data set and maybe it doesn't quite work for your story i was like i don't really care about the exact day to buy a home because that that doesn't seem as quite as useful to readers to me like when's the when's the right month to buy and of course you can just go back she would i work with her a lot i just go back with to her and i'm like hey can you actually look up this data for me or can you give me this and so that yes. um i thought that story was really great and i love when when someone pitches me and they give me a data set and I say, Hey, you know what, could you break that out by age? Or could you do? And I, I always think that gives me a unique story. Um, and I, I just love when that kind of interaction happens.
0: Oh my gosh, that's great. That reminds me of the interview. We, well, we recorded it yesterday, but it was a very similar story that um, the PR pitch that the uh, freelance writer had received was really intriguing, um, but not quite, Um, a fit for the publication that she was writing for. And she was able to pretty much do the same thing, go to the publicist, ask, hey, um, this expert's really good. Could you maybe, who else can you connect me with? And this is, can we work on an overarching story that's a little different? And the publicist was able to pivot. Um, So it's really cool to see that, that this is kind of a similar example, but with data. Yeah, it's
2: so interesting when they can give you, because, you know, the pitch is probably going out to, I don't know how many reporters, but probably plenty of them. So I'm always looking at like, okay, great. I mean, that was an interesting pitch, but how do I make this pitch into a unique story? Um, And and so I'm always kind of looking for that. And so anyone that can kind of like go a level deeper and work with me on that, I I really appreciate.
1: Cool. Speaking Um, of, um, oh, sorry to interrupt you, Jackie. No, go ahead. Just real fast, speaking of how you mentioned, Katie, that um, tons of other reporters are likely getting the same pitch. I think – did I notice that this isn't a, wasn't pitched as an exclusive?
0: Yeah, an embargo. I saw that. I was literally going to ask that. I'm curious. Uh, that
1: <laughs> yeah, like it? how you interpret that, Katie, would be really – Interesting. Yeah,
2: um, interesting. I I don't actually. Sometimes that's good. Some it, it doesn't really matter that much to me because even though it was pitched under embargo, it, it wasn't pitched as an exclusive. I'm sure it went to a bunch of other reporters. Um, so it's more important to me that when I get a pitch, I can go back to you and work with you. And if there's a great data set and you they've people you know the company's really done its homework like that, we can work on something unique. That's even more important to me than being pitched under embargo. I mean, an exclusive is great um, as well, of course. But um, yeah, this one was just an embargoed one.
0: Ah, Okay, my mistake. (laughs) No, 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 of course. No, but it's good to know, because I think publicists Mm -hmm. tend to kind of use certain terms interchangeably, and they might not totally think about, like, strategically, what's better than the other. And like, embargo might not matter so much. But like you said, especially because, You're thinking, even though she didn't pitch you an exclusive, you in a way got your own exclusive story because you went, you asked for a different way to look at the data. So I think that's, that's kind of intriguing to me a little bit is, um, you know, maybe exploring that with data. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, we take a study and making sure that when we do pitch somebody that um, we're looking at the data a certain way, and then making sure that when we pitch to someone else, they might be more interested in looking at the data another way. So that's kind of cool like
1: that. Yeah. I have a question about, um, about your expectations as far as turnaround time goes when it comes to, um, Mm -hmm. situation like this. I know it probably depends on what your deadline is, but is there an average
2: time? Um, you know, I used to work in the breaking news space, in which case it would be a lot quicker than it is now. Um, now it's like, I, because I'm going back and I know I'm going to get something that's unique to me. Um, there is a little more flexibility in that because I'm like, I, I'm probably asking a question and maybe that that's not what, you know, all the other reporters are taking from this. They're probably not like saying, Hey, could you get me this little niche of data over there? So there is a little more flexibility w- when I'm working on that. Um, and I also, I do, I do personal finance, but I don't do a lot of breaking news. So I think that, that helps in that situation too.
1: Right. That's good to hear. Yeah. Sometimes I know I have anxiety when I'm asked to, give some data to a journalist or like you know pull yeah. new data that I might not have um, and many times it's a database of information and I'm not a data journalist so I usually go to whoever pulled the data together to get that help so it's just nice to hear that there isn't always a you know it's just my own urgency
2: anxiety that's like
1: <laughs> we need to get this over to her or him ASAP, ASAP. yeah
2: some people, I mean, I know there's different, you know, it's just it's different roles in the newsroom. I'm sure that some people that is a, it's a they need it fast, but yeah, right. in my case, it's a little more flexible.
0: That's cool. super cool. Um, I have a question. So you run the commerce section, like you're mm-hmm. the editor, yes. Um And then so my brain, I went to this article and I'm like, okay, what's the product tie-in? I'm thinking mortgages is what it looks like to me. Um, am I correct? Is that why yes. this is a good okay?
2: Cool. Yes. So, um, what it was interesting to me for a, a number of reasons. This story it was like for one thing, you know, mortgage rates had been at record lows, and but home prices were rising so fast. So I feel like a lot of people just, everyone, you know, you'd like even just like meeting friends, people were just talking about the real estate market. It just felt like the time to to write about it because people were like, I yeah. don't know. I mean, mortgage rates are low, but home prices are rising. Like, I do want to buy a house, but I'm just so confused. So it just felt like a very relevant at the time when it was published story to me.
0: Cool. So it wasn't just the fact that it was related to mortgages, but the fact that like ti- thats timely to talk about mortgages and real estate and all that
2: yeah, and w- I really look for things that are useful. So like I, I hope that this helps someone because I mean, I know I, I, I recently bought a house too, and it, it I did think about the timing, like, hmm, you know, it's it's like at this this you know early summer, like late spring, everybody's out there. There's a lot of competition. Should I wait? So I really try to um, that's probably like one of the biggest criteria. I just want this to be very useful information um, that people take away from from what we're writing.
0: Cool. Makes a lot of sense. And it kind of fits in. I know before you were commerce editor with the work that you did at Millie and the work that you did at Market Watch before this stint at Market Watch, it seems like that's been a lot. That's been the overarching theme, at least for when I've read your work, is that you try to cover stories that have some sort of um, I wouldn't I don't like the word advice, but I think more so just like um, information that is helpful, but then also that the reader can take actionable tips from and, you know, take action in
2: their own uh, personal finance life. So it's cool that you're able to do it through a commerce editor's lens. Yeah. Know? I mean, it, I, to me, I'm, I'm basically doing very similar work. I now, as I did at Millie, as I've done in every place else. And it really is. It's like looking at, I think money just feels very complicated to people. Um, and I, yeah. I, certain even me, like I've been writing about this for 10 years. I come up with questions all the time. Like, I really, that's, is that overly complicated? Can I break this down and make this um, something that people can use and like make better decisions with their money? So yeah, the whole section I'm editing now, this commerce section, it really is. It's like, it's a guide to help people make better decisions with their money or more informed decisions with their money.
0: Cool. So what other, um, what kind of topics are you interested in exploring? Like what kinds of pitches would you like to see more of in your inbox from publicists? Because we get a lot of publicists that are eager to pitch our guests. So what kinds of things are you looking for to cover in the
2: next year? I mean, we mostly cover personal finance, but here's what I'll say. Um, I, I don't mind getting a variety of pitches in the lifestyle arena because sometimes it's like maybe it's not quite a fit for me, but sometimes I'll see an angle in a pitch that I don't know that maybe it wasn't even intended, but I, so I actually really like, you know, lifestyle and products, travel. Um, It's mostly personal finance. I mean, that's mostly what I prefer to get pitched. But again, I, am I'm open to a good pitch where, where I feel like the publicist has really looked up the work in the section and what we're doing and it seems to fit in there. I mean, that, that's a, um, that's compelling.
1: I'd love to know more if you could share how you and your team brainstorm or come up with article ideas, if you have any tips? (laughs) (laughs) tips?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is a really broad question. Um, yeah. And I'll say like, again, I, I look at it through like the, is can someone take away from this story, something really useful to their life. Um, so that is like the lens that I try to look at everything in, but it, it is, um, I mean, it is a lot coming from my life. I, like a, a, I do a lot of real estate stuff and that's just something I'm very interested in. So that's kind of personal. I mean, look, I, I get story ideas from pitches. I get, um, you know, I'll read, I'll, I read a bunch of other people's work and sometimes I'll find like a, a sentence in there that I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if that thing could be turned into a whole story. Cause that's really interesting. So it's it kind of goes all over the place. Um, and then the writers that I, um, work with, they pitch me ideas as well. So it's really coming from a variety of different avenues.
0: That's cool. I, um, I noticed that yeah, this is a compliment, at least from my standpoint, I've always found you to be way more responsive to PR pitches than that, than most people that I reach out to. So it seems like the inbox is actually like a source of inspiration for you quite a bit.
2: I'm so happy to hear that. Sometimes I feel like, um, oh, my gosh, I <laughs> didn't respond because I forgot. Um, no, it is. No it way. is. Yeah. You know, it looks, <laughs> I, I've gotten some great stories from pitches and, and you know, especially like I just love it when I know I can feel that the the person really looked me up and they really thought through a pitch that probably started out as like a boilerplate pitch, but they really were like, you know what would be interesting for her section related to this pitch and they kind of sent me something personal and that I love that. So I do I do try to at least read a little bit of almost all the emails I get. Um I can't say that happens every day, but I try. Yeah, you get a lot of emails, I'm sure, right? Yeah. I, I think it's hundreds a day. So, but I do try to like oh at goodness. least scan through them because you don't want to miss something that could be a really wow. interesting, helpful story. Yeah, I know. What, That's really impressive. impressive.
1: Yeah. What do you look for? Like, a, is there a subject kind of subject line that catches your eye, a format of a subject line? Is there any helpful tips from a subject line perspective that listeners could learn from you?
2: Yeah. You know, I think the subject line is really important because that's, I mean, if, if, if it's not at all compelling, I'm probably not going further than that. So, um, so kind of just getting to the point, like I think of, you know, a story headline too, you want to write a great headline. So people want to read the story, right? Um, the same thing with a PR pitch, like write a, write a good headline that I'm like, huh, I'd like to know more about that. And that's, a, I, it's hard to be more specific than that because I guess I, I get pitches from so many different kinds of um, companies and things. But yeah, just making that headline really stand out and seem like it could be a really unique story or, or offering up like a, the CEO to speak or something like that. That's always, you know, I'm always like, hmm, that, that, that could be a good interview, you know, so some, something like that would be great.
0: So you don't want any vague, hi, Katie,
2: what's up? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish I had more time to read through those. because <laughs> I'm sure there's information buried in that, but the hi, Katie subject <laughs> line might not <laughs> might not get through.
0: Don't bury your yeah. That, don't bury the lead. That, that's don't really good it. advice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else has told us recently how important it is to um, mention the word interview in the subject line if you're pitching, yeah. you know, someone important or an expert. Um, right. Because sometimes so people will just know.
2: mention it, but not mention. Like sometimes they'll mention that person, but they're not offering them for an interview, and then you're like, oh gosh, you know, like Betsy
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Valley, little... like, why are you talking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Keywords. <laughs> it's good to know. And then opening the email, I assume just like you said, get to the point with the subject line. I'm assuming you don't want to read a whole book when you open your email. You want to get to the point.
2: Yeah. yeah it's funny. I think of it writing a story too. Like I, I don't want to waste reader's time. I'm like, here's what this story is about. um, And here's what's going to be helpful to your life. And I try to like get, get right up in there with that too. And I think it's the same thing with a pitch. It's like, you know, and I, I also like things, I I don't know how other reporters feel about this, but I love a chart or something that really stands out in there so I can scan and instantly kind of know mm-hmm. what it is. So I guess that applies more to data, but I love when people will just send over a little chart or something. So I'm like, oh, okay, that, that's interesting. And I like, I can get that in the, in five seconds rather than reading paragraphs of, of numbers, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you typically use graphics that people provide you with or are there guidelines that you have to follow?
2: No, I usually don't use what they provide with me, but I like seeing it like that because I can say, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if we broke out this data in this different way than what they're giving me. Um, Would would that make sense? Um, Just because I know usually if they're giving me that chart, they've given it to, you know, 50 other people. And I I do try to like, I do try to give advice that's unique and, and, and as helpful as I can be. So yeah, I don't typically use it, but Um, I mean, maybe if it was really great, sometimes I I can't think of an instance recently where that happened, but, um, but yeah, I tend to not use it, but I do like it that way because it makes it really easy to look at and kind of like get to the right to the point.
1: Ooh, I like that. So it's not, you know, it's still worth investing time into creating, um, a visualization, maybe sometimes depending on the type of story that you're trying to tell or the type of pitch you're trying to get across. That's good to know.
2: Yeah, because I think I I believe like probably most reporters are like me and there are just so many emails that it's hard. You're not reading every word. And so, I mean, you'd Mm -hmm. love to, but that's not how the day usually ends up going. So it's helpful to have something that kind of stands out in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. That's great. Um, Headshots, too, are important, right? When you interview somebody, you'd like to have a high res Headshot. I'm assuming, and
2: yes, that has happened where it's like you interview them, they're great, you know, a CEO, and then like, and then like three three days later, you're still waiting on the headshot. What happened there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <so laughs> that's happened to me recently. Actually, that made me um think. But yeah, I like yeah, just ha- putting it all together and having it really like quickly be able to like provide all that information is extremely helpful. Good. Yeah, that's a good. That's
0: good advice for publicist um you don't you often overlook that but it's not a bad idea to have the media kit or just the photo ready to go and you can always send it before the interview that way there's no waiting around for
2: stuff and you realize like oh shoot
0: Our CEO hasn't been photographed in 10 years or something like that, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Learn the hard way. (laughs) I love it when the CEO has a unique take on something. So not just be like, oh, you can talk to this CEO, but like, hey, they've recently, you know, put out a white paper on like da-da-da topic or something like that. When you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like really kind of going deeper than just like, do you want to talk to our CEO? But really like, hey, this is what, this is their unique take on X issue or something. Um, I think that's always quite helpful too um, when, when they're pitching. Oh, that's super cool.
0: So you like data, you like interviews with high profile people or just like CEOs. I understand like that kind of guest. Um, are there, is there anything else I'm missing in terms of types of
2: ways publicists can be helpful for your storytelling? Yeah, I mean, any time that it it's unique, like any time I really like it when it feels like like even if the pitch isn't right for me, but it feels like they really looked it up and thought about how this would fit in the section. Like I've started relationships with publicists just because I'm like, you know what, that was really smart you know, it, uh, this isn't going to work for a story right now, but you clearly like, you know, are really thinking through what makes sense for my section. And I appreciate that. Um, and there's often like, you're like, this doesn't work, but Hey, can you get, do you, maybe, could you set me up with someone who knows about X? And there's often like that kind of builds and, um, and a great publicist always kind of like, they're like, oh, but I have this other client that might be a fit for you or, or something like that. And I've certainly built relationships with publicists kind of like that. So I, I really like it when they're like, they have arms in a lot of different, um, you know, access points and they really think through like how that might make sense in your in your section or in your the type of stories you do.
1: That's fantastic. That makes me happy because <laughs> it's something we like encourage listeners to do as well is if... You know, to just keep that relationship going and if a request comes through from a journalist um, for maybe a source that you don't necessarily have a contact for, maybe there's somebody in your network, a fellow PR, a fellow publicist who has um, a client that might be a really nice fit and it's a win-win.
2: Yeah, no, I love that because it makes it very easy on me too because it's like rather than having to reach out to 10 people, I'm like, hey, you know, do you – and a lot of times they'll connect me with another, you know, another publicist within the organization who – like I just always find that to be so helpful.
1: Nice. That's great. I had a question and it totally slipped my mind. Really? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was something completely different. Oh, no, it wasn't. So, okay, so (laughs) you said that um, when you – you know, you if it's even if it's not a good fit, you try to sometimes build a relationship with that publicist, or you know, keep the conversation going. Do you have a way that you organize these contacts in your inbox,
2: or do you just sort of like? Oh boy, I wish I did. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's um like somewhere in my brain, there's a filing system of you know. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I I will sometimes just look search in my inbox by topic and like a few people will come up or, you know, I wish, I think other people are far more organized with this kind of thing than me. Mine's just kind of like, oh yeah, I remember I did this story on this. What was her name that pitched that, you know, and I'll I'll kind of go from there. But sadly, it's not as organized as I would like
1: Hey, it works for you, you know? (laughs) I'm Um, the same way. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's a pretty even split. We sometimes, we often ask that question and it's always like, Either or, I wouldn't say we have a majority of people who are super organized, especially not no. these days.
0: <laughs> no. Um, what other do's or don'ts for relationship building with you?
2: Um, I mean, I think we talked about so many of the do's, and I, yeah. I, you know, I, I do think, yeah, it's like being unique. Um, getting to the point, a good headline, a good subject line that really helps out um just helps make my life <laughs> really a lot easier in the morning um yeah, I love when when we can go deeper into what you pitch, so there's more information behind what the initial pitch is, you know, or we can get into it somehow to give a unique angle or a unique story. I think those are like the big things that i I really look for
0: cool, and follow ups are helpful or what are your thoughts Yes,
2: for me in particular, I, um especially if I've written you back and then you don't hear, I'm like, hey, can we talk next week? Like definitely follow up on that or just, you know, a, a second follow-up email. Cause sometimes it just, something gets missed. Um, I probably, because my inbox is not, uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not as organized as other people's, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for follow-ups. I, I actually like them because sometimes I, I did miss that. I'm like, hey, that's a good pitch. I mean, I guess there's a a limit. I, I think one follow-up is probably fine. And then if there's no word, it's, um, maybe I didn't see it or maybe it just didn't quite fit and I didn't have time to say no thank you um, but but yeah, yeah. I, I like follow-ups.
0: Cool and then um, before we get to the final section which is shout outs um, are there any don'ts that you think like anything that kind of crawls under your skin that you wish publicists wouldn't
2: do or is it
0: all pretty good on your end?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean there's the occasional like not great pitch or whatever but I, I don't really find Um, I mean, there's some, I don't love being called on the phone a bunch of times I prefer (laughs) email, but that, but, but I think that's honestly just a personal preference. So I don't know how some of them, I mean, there's some people who are very persistent with the calling, but I'm just very like, I'm a writer. So I like, I like the back and forth writing, um, communication to kind of initially get out there. But, um, I think that's just a personal preference. Most people do a a good job.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so. This is the final part of our episode. You already shouted out the woman who wrote this pitch, but is there any other publicist you'd like to give a shout out to that you think exemplifies what it means to be a good publicist?
2: Yeah, you know what there's two, and I've probably been working with both of them for a decade now. Um and one is Sharon Silver's. She's great. She does um she's at Burson and she does um a lot of financial pitches. and I've probably worked with her, I mean, many times over 10 years in, in, in me switching jobs, but I know I can go to her for like, I need an interview with, um, you know, I want to see a great, some great sourcing or an interesting CEO. And she always delivers on that. I really, I just find her to be great to work with. And she's quick and she's smart. And um, I love that. Um, and then Jacqueline Lee, too, a, a long time ago, I get this is probably 10 years ago, she was at care.com and we connected through that. And then I've kind of, um, she's gone to a a number of different companies. I think she's at GoPuff now, but every time it's like, I'm like, I don't know if your company is going to be a fit, but like, it always ends up where we, you know, there's some way that we work together. I I think she's just really great at her job. And she, they both really like, they read the section that you're working on. They really think through the pitch that they give you and make it useful. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's a, those two are decade, a decade relationship with both of them.
0: Damn, that's super cool. That's like... A decade-long relationship, that's something to be really proud of and definitely something to look up to as a fellow publicist. That's awesome. Absolutely. Have you ever met them in
1: person, Katie?
2: Yeah. Yeah, both of oh, them, wow. actually. Um, I mean it's been um Jacqueline I only recently met in person but um it's funny like you just because I worked with them for so many times I it's funny I'm like oh yeah Sharon I've met many times in person but with Jacqueline I only recently met her in person but again it just I felt like I I feel like I know them because there's been so many emails and they've been so helpful through the years that um it's been really great
0: that's That's awesome cool (laughs) cool well thank you Katie I really appreciate you taking the time to interview with us Oh, of course. Well,
2: thank you guys and have a great day.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram.